Table Mountain. We got you covered. 88.6 FM. Metro. Metro FM. Beat the boss. On talk with Rams Mabote. Beat the boss. Beat the boss. Beat the boss. Ten minutes, uh, just before ten minutes be- after eight o'clock, you're on Opportunity Tuesday. My name is Rems Mabote, and we meet the boss on this Tuesday. We have had him in this studio before, wearing a different hat, literally, because he's wearing a hat tonight. Uh, he, at the time, was representing a financial institution. And they had a program with young people, amazing program. So he's been on Opportunity Tuesday before. But he comes here as boss tonight. He was born in Emelo in Pumalanga. Uh, uh, born Stephen and I dare say Iman Lazwan. He's not here. I know the other name. Uh, due to pressures at home, uh, he headed cattle until the age of 11. At which point he started his school career. At the age of 11, he started his school career. Even after school, times were hard. He made ends meet by polishing shoes in town during weekends and school holidays, as well as dabbling in organizing beauty pageants and selling sweets at schools to raise money for his upkeep. These adversities would turn into building blocks of one of his professional passions, skills development, which is how we met him on the show uh, two to three years ago. In 2006, Stephen was named the prestigious Nelson Mandela Scholarship uh, was awarded this prestigious Nelson Mandela Scholarship to study a Master's uh, of Business Ad- Administration MBA in the UK. Through this scholarship, he got to meet global icon Nelson Mandela on two occasions, a life-changing experience, he says, that bolstered his spirits to succeed. In 2017, he was appointed the CEO of the National Student Financial Aid Scheme, NSFAS, which is why he is here. He is the boss because he is CEO of NSFAS, the same guy who started school at the age of 11. I need to put a disclaimer. I have known him for a very, very long time. <laughs> because at some point in his life, when he got to see the bright lights, he landed in Dobsonville, where I grew up. So I met him many, many years ago, Salipari. <laughs> uh, Mildos, good evening to you and thank you very much for coming in. Good morning. Good evening, Grams. Thank um, you so much for coming in, mate. I actually am embarrassed that as I read your CV, I realized I did not know you enough. Don't be embarrassed. A lot of people don't know me enough. And I sometimes don't know me enough. Um, I think the the opportunity to uh, 
to be sitting here in front of you and represent represent NSFAS is just an honor for me yeah. and a privilege. It's an honor because I'm a beneficiary of NSFAS. So it's come full circle. I come full circle. If it wasn't for NSFAS, I would not know the doors of higher learning, of higher education. Yeah. Um, I think just to go into that, I must have been 24 years uh, when I walked into the University of Zululand because of NSFAS. Yeah. Uh, so as much as I was 11 when I started grade 1, and I was 20, 21, 22, finishing grade 12, it took me another three years to get into the doors of higher education. So you stayed on even at the age of 22, 23 to finish your grade 12? I had to. Um, for some reason, there was that will and desire to finish. Where, where, where was that from? What, what drove you? you? You know, they say poverty is a great driver to for success but poverty can also be the worst debilitating thing that says i'm gonna give up this is not ever gonna work i look at my situation i look at my family we're not gonna get any better i may as well go to the mines or somewhere else i mean Pumalanga could have worked in the mine <laughs> yeah so so rams i i only knew the word poverty when i was 11. um when i grew up in tahakral um, and Tahakral is just in that one horse town called Amersfoort, yeah, which is about 60 kilometers from uh, MLO. MLO, yeah. So I grew up there. Not that uh, MLO is more horses there, but, <laughs> but yeah. But it's much better than Amersfoort. <laughs> yeah. So I grew up, um, and we were never allowed to go to school. I think my grandfather, um, who, who was a farmer, just thought he had, he was able to provide for all of us. Yeah. And your your journey as a young boy was always mapped up. You you had the cows until you're like 15, 16, and you get given your own cows or two, and then you get given a room, yeah. and then you get a wife, and then your life is sorted. Mm -hmm. If if the farm world is not for you, you go work in the mines. Yeah. That was always predefined. So this whole idea of school was never anything to entertain. I remember I must have been eight when I, I, I left the cows and went into class. Um, and I've never been beaten so much in my life, like just for walking in class. Funan. Yeah. I mean, we've defined your, your path. Yes. Um, I think for me, transformation happened when I sort of met my mom for the first time. Um, I was 10 years old. I mean, I was, it was, I was born on the 8th of November. I think it must have been on the 10th of November. I just had turned 10. Um, my, my mom, some lady walked in, I was sitting in the veranda, I mean, and some lady walked in and they said, uh, I'm your mom. I was like, no, you like you, my mom. I mean, I, I was raised by my grandfather, my grandmother and my grandfather. Yes, those were mom and dad. Those were mom and dad. Now yeah. I've, I'm, I'm missing somebody who says I'm your mom. Um, I think for me, that is one story that every time I look back and think, okay, how did that happen? Um, and, and I remember the, the night, everybody was up the whole night that day. It was negotiations, Codessa style. Yeah. The release clause. <laughs> Jeez. So it was... Uh, let, I mean, let, let my person go. Yeah. And, and, and I think if, if, you, if, you, if I look at it reflectively, um, the, my mom had no right to me and my sister uh, because I was there when I was three months. Mm. Um, but the negotiations happened um, and the elders were not keen to release us. Um, until the next morning, I think it must have been about nine o'clock. My mom asked to walk, asked us to walk here to the shops, and we did. And that was the last time I saw where I left, where I stayed, in Dakhakral, because. Um, we so she actually stole you from the grants. Uh, we jumped onto a truck, and uh, we and never came back. That was it. Um, I remember when we 
we jumped onto the truck. Uh, they had a young man wow, escorting man. us. And this young man that was escorting us ran back home to alert everybody. They are gone. I, I, I can imagine the cars that were running behind us trying to... to but the heartbreak us. more. I can imagine the heartbreak for the old man and the it, old woman. It was the, the heartbreak. But I think for me, it was sort of my freedom. Oh, of course, the flip side um, is that you got your freedom. Because we were, we were raised not like proper children. So we were, we were outcasts, me and my sister. So we, we were ill-treated. I mean, we would eat the same plate for three days. Um, we were never really treated like normal human beings. Only when visitors came about, we had a fresh plate. Um, so for, for me, as much as it was not poverty, food was always there, but it was never the food of someone that belonged. Mm. Um, and then we constantly were, remember, were reminded that your mom is not here, but I did not know who was in there. <laughs> I mean, you are my mom. I mean, what, what do you um, mean? Yeah. So I think for me, it represented freedom. Um, it represented seeing a train for the first time. It so you get into this truck, you end up where? We end up in Emelo. Okay. Um, my mom takes us to my dad and says, listen, I've gone and fished. You gave me a call and said the kids are, are suffering there. You have no courage to go fish them. Now they're here. Give me the money to take them home. And that's how we jumped in and off we went. And I think the funny story here, Rams, was um, we come, we get into Park Station. It was about 5 p.m. It's packed. Everybody's going home. Because I've never met this train that people would jump into. Yes. I know the one that uh, transports goods. I, I tried to knock and uh, and everybody knocked me inside the <laughs> inside the train. I think it was always a funny story. Even when I got inside the train, I was so respectful. I never sat on, on the chair. Yes. I sat on the floor. Because for me, it was the first experience. I think that's how really I got introduced to uh, Dobsonville. And then you come at Dobsonville, you find there's your grandmother who's the breadwinner. There's about 16 people in the house. And, hmm. and, and therefore, your first place of sleeping is kitchen. And food has so this to be time now we're talking about the paternal now, grandmother. Yes, paternal grandmother. Yeah. Um, more maternal grandmother, my mom's okay. mom. Oh. So we get into that side and this uh, food has to be bought. What is this about? Now I'm used to milking cows. Yeah, and know, planting. And planting and, and now food has to be bought. And food is there plenty for three days after my grandmother has gotten a pension. And now you're like, this is not going to work. Mm. I'm used to eating. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, and I think that's how I had to start thinking around how do I sustain myself. Um, and I remember one time I got lost in town, Johannesburg town. Um, I, I had lost the fare to travel back to Dobsonville, a, a quasi station basically, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, yeah. and then go get into the 93 to town and you're <laughs> hoping to come back. So someone happened to take the three rand that I had to travel back. And now I had to figure out how do I go back? So I come from a place where on uh, during month end, you're all at old age pay points. You are selling goods. You're selling fruits and vegetables. Yeah. Uh, you're looking after cows. The thing of begging is not your norm. Yes. So I couldn't ask people for a three rand to get onto the train. So I looked around and saw people were busy shining other people's shoes and they were earning money. I was like, there okay. we go. There we go. So I took off my socks. Bundled them together, and that's when my first job started. Uh, by the time I got onto onto the train, I was fully fed. I got off the train station. I bought my pieces, uh, chicken packs. So you walked into the house with food. I walked into the house with food, with cabbage, and really that was the beginning of goodbye to hunger for me. And that was when I was eleven years. And that's when 
the opportunity of going to school. That's when the opportunity in. of going to school going. I, I think for me, I must give credit to when I got to school for my grade one. Uh, the sub teacher, A. Sub A, yes. Sub A. Sub A. Okay, no grade okay. one. No, no, sub okay, A. Um, sub yeah. A. Yeah. I get into the. They say, ah, oh, you are Zulu boy. Ah, you look old. I was like, how do you know that? They say, your calves, bruh. You must be short, but your calves say you're old. How old are you now? And I tell them, they say, no, we're going to start you in, in Sabi. Yeah. Uh, because I think it wasn't work. And I, I remember there was this... Uh, yeah, you, 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 yeah, you'd start hitting on teachers yeah. if you started... Uh, <laughs> so, so, Rebs, I think for me that... Uh, so, what that meant is every Saturday I'll wake up and I'll go shine people's shoes. I'll be able to buy myself in the city. In so the you city. went back into the city to Every do Saturday this. Yeah. I was going. So there. you had a spot at that point. Now you picked no, a spot, or you would go there, anywhere. Where there you was thought. no spot, Rams. You always went into the restaurants and uh, catch the people while they're eating and not paying attention. And the next thing they see you, you are on their shoes. Some will kick you, some will hit you, yeah. some will give you money, some won't. But that was really for me my my resilience journey. That was really uh, finding ways to um, to make a living. Starting school at 11, no, no necessary school before that, nothing else. It had to be hard. It had to be hard not only because you didn't have foundation, but also here you are with people who are five, six years your juniors in class. It was hard. But I think, Rams, it's only hard retrospectively. I didn't think it was hard then. I always knew that it was hard within myself because I always had to catch up. Uh, my peers were five years ahead of me. Yeah. Um, and I, the, the, the kids I went to school with never made me feel as though I did not belong. Yeah. Perhaps I was That's not, the beauty about kids, though, uh, isn't it? Well, they could be those they, could, they can also be very <laughs> terrible human beings. Um, it, didn't, it did help that I was, I was not really very tiny as a being. So it helped me uh, face along some challenges. But I think for me, Rams, what drove me was... I felt like I could catch up at some point. As much as my peers were five years, six years ahead of me, there was this belief that I would catch up. This is only a temporary situation. True that. But, you know, again, you come into class, you 11, uh, it's too late to start, so to speak. Mm -hmm. uh, your peers are ahead of you. Your classmates are too young. You go back home with homework. You, you sleep in the kitchen. <laughs> it it can't be easy. Even I... I can't imagine that it was easy, but I think you've, you've captured it. You you then do well at school. I mean, yeah. you don't drop a class. No, you, I don't you finish class. metric, Fully no class dropped. Yeah. No class dropped. You then decide you're going to study at uh, University of uh, Zululand. Yes. Ongoi. Yes. The Zulu boy goes to Zululand. <laughs> what, are, what, what do you go there to study? So let's talk about how I landed the REMS. So I, I finished, I was 21 when I finished metric. Yeah. Um, I missed out on a bursary uh, with Anglo to study chemical engineering. I think in the last minute I didn't make it. So there were some boys who were better than me. Yeah. I think it was before the metric results came out. So for me, I finish and I have nowhere to go. Uh, for six months, I volunteer. Uh, my service, as you know, at Dobsonville Arts Association, yeah. just so that I could have access to the printer and the phone, <laughs> so that when they phone oh, me... Oh, now we know... <laughs> So that I could have access to the printer and the phone when the, when the prospective employers wanted to call, they would call. Uh, so I spent that week, that, that six months learning, um, sending out applications. Fortunately for me, uh, in June, I get two offers. I got an offer from Telcom and I get an offer from F&B. 
Um, the FNB job was a waste clerk, so you were collecting the checks. Yeah. And and the job for from uh, telecom was the one of the uh, you drive the car and you install the telephones. And I thought, okay, I think I don't want to install the telephones. Mm-hmm. I think I want to wear the tie. Yes. Uh, as much as the job that was from telecom was ending was I was going to end more, but I took the one with the tie for some reason. Yeah. And that's how I ended up in the banking. And I I'm there. And everyone I meet, as I serve them over the counter, they always were earning much more than me. Um, and I think for me, that was not sitting well. I kept asking them, well, how come you're earning so much? People say, I went to school, I studied this, I studied that. I thought, okay, I need to do something. So I enrolled into nursing, and Lasky Nursing College. <laughs> so um, as you know, the results come around September, and they, when they come out, um, I'm already working, and they ask, are you going to start on the 25th of January, 1999? Yeah. I say, yes, I will. I put my resignation at the bank at the end of December. I'm off to nursing. Um, what was that? What was the objective about that offer? I was going to earn while, while studying. While studying. Yeah. So yeah. that for me worked. And you're going to meet uh, student nurses. I was going to yeah, be a student yeah. nurse. No, but I you, was you, gonna you, you're going to meet student nurses ah. if you catch my drift. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so I I get the um I resigned at the bank. I think um, no one really understood it. I think even at home they thought I was crazy. Yeah. But for me the dream of attaining a qualification was far greater than uh, the gratification of working at the bank as a teller and then hoping for the best. So um that's really how I landed up um in nursing and 3 months into the program I was like okay I think I like the academic side. I'm not sure the practical side. Yes. I start looking for opportunities. Um, I read in the newspaper that uh, University of Zululand is offering degrees for people who've got a good maths. I think at the time I had a visa symbol for maths and a good English. And I sort of met the criteria I applied, um, and they were offering 60% loan, 40% bursary. I said, I'm your man. I applied, saved my year. Graduated with a auxiliary nurse certificate <laughs> after serving a year, and off I went to University of Zululand. Again, big transition for me. Um, I could have gone anywhere else, but there was no other place where I could get access to funds to get to University of Zululand, and that's how I landed up there. And you were funded by what was then called NSFAS. No, TEFSA. TEFSA. At the time, really? it was called TEFSA. You want to go there? <laughs> yes, I was funded by TEFSA yes. at the time, yes. Wow. My guest on Meet the Boss is Stephen Manlazwani. He's CEO of NSFAS. NSFAS stands for, nah, you should know, National Student Financial Aid Scheme. Uh, he's a former uh, fundee of the scheme <laughs> many years ago, ends up as CEO today, a farm boy uh, who started school at the age of 11, uh, never knew his mother, met his mother at the age of, 11, of 10 or so, and uh, comes to the city, gets lost, that's a job in the middle of nowhere, uh, polishing people's shoes. And before we know it, he's also a nurse. And then he goes <laughs> to study, uh, all those things. And today is our guest. So we're going to open the lines to you. 089 You want to talk to him about anything, whether it's NSFAS related, whether you know him from a particular school where you <laughs> met him many years ago, it could very well be that your name, you know, happens to be Maswabi Lokal and you, you now know that the guy was exploiting the phone and the fax <laughs> and, and the copy at the Dobson Arts Association. You want to call and say, I want my money back. This is your opportunity. But really, we'd like to talk about the man, what he does, 
and, and the issues surrounding his space, which is where we're moving into, Mindos. We're moving yeah. into NSFAS, but let's start about how do you get into NSFAS? Because you were, last time you were here, you were th- with APSA. How do you then end up in this space? So, um, when when I, I graduated from George Koza High School with my metric, mm-hmm. um, there was one fundamental problem. We were always told that only 24% of us will amount to something. Um, and that became true whenever we stood in front of people and said, please give me a job. We never really made it. So for me, I said that was a big challenge. How do I contribute towards that? And and I thought most of us do not have their, lack the ability to do well academically, but the self-belief was always the biggest challenge. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's when I started coming back every school holiday, giving my time back to George Koza High School and, yeah. and just inspiring the kids to say it's surely it's possible mm. to be from George Koza and still get to a university. And do well. And, and I started a program called Life Skills and Mentorship Program, which is really was about a Saturday school that was about designed to help young people believe in themselves. So for the last 14 years, we've been helping thousands and thousands of young people believe in themselves through a Saturday school program that runs for a year. Now, out of that, I wanted to reverse and not have many young people who take long to achieve their, their own objectives than me. And, and so I, th- I believe that I then showed my passion and drive for young people. And administratively, I really committed myself to become um, good at my work. And I, I work at a bank for like 15 years. Yeah. The last position I held was chief operating officer there. And, and when the opportunity to contribute to NSFAS came by, I couldn't believe that it was possible. <laughs> I was so used to being part of the choir and never being able to the leader, yeah. to be the lead in the choir. Well, but, so, but in the C-club, you're not necessarily just part of the <laughs> choir. You're a very significant part of the choir. You are. If, I, if anything, you probably would always be asked to, to pick up the uh, the baton when, when the conductor goes to the loo and they ask you, you do, you do that job. I, I suppose for me, that was my, my getting ready space because you had a substantial number of people to lead. You had administrative issues to address. Uh, I'm a technologist by training, so and I understand operations. Um, I like improving things. And so really the opportunity to go back to NSFAS, which for me I felt it lacked, it lacked a face. I thought it was a legend, an unsung hero in yeah. this country. And, and when I was given the opportunity to present my case and why I think I'll be the right person, uh, I think I never looked back. I really thought I would give it my best shot. And and really the board that interviewed me believed that I could be the right person. I had the administrative skills. I had the passion that comes with working with young people for years. But more importantly, I just came here because I really believe that we can make a difference. I really believe that the three million uh, people that whose life have been transformed by NSFAS have my story to tell. They're all coming from very rural backgrounds, uh, probably without any parents and some of them from single parents and, and also child-headed homes. Um, most of them really do well because their background says they are resilient. I refer to all the NSFAS graduates as pioneers because they pioneered things, whether they were the first ones to graduate in their families, whether they've gone on changed the cause of their communities and the cause of the country, if you look at it. So I wanted to be part of that, of the telling of that story of this giant. 
and and right now i wanted to just bring in my skills to be able to transform operationally and from a technology point of view this organization that's the one side of the story man <laughs> let me remind our listeners 089-110-3377 we take your calls to speak to our boss uh steven manzazwan is ceo of nsfas give us a call Let's chat any issue. You may just want to call to, to say congratulations, well done. You may remind him that uh, he's Zulu boy. Yeah, that's <laughs> what he, they called him at grade sub A, sorry, uh, sub B. Uh, he started school late, but he went to grade sub B. I don't like that. I had to do all the subs and, <laughs> and move on. Uh, any other issue you want to raise, and especially if you're an NSFS uh, aid recipient you want to talk about your experiences and you want to talk about what things could be done to improve life for all of you but manza the story you paint about nsfas and why you walked in and you wanted to contribute is for me half the story and those legends that you talk about those pioneers that you talk about the other part of the pioneers and i don't know whether it's half or a third or 25 percent or 10 percent are delinquents they don't pay back so before we go there i want to know how how do you choose how do you choose to go to an organization with so much trouble you <laughs> knew about NSFAS. it is not a secret yeah. there is some in fact i interviewed your predecessor here mm. and i said how does one choose to go to an organization with so much trouble but i want you to think about it okay. let's take a break think about this thing because i believe you must give me a very interesting answer <laughs> call talk with rams now Hello. 089 Opportunity Tuesday. Opportunity Tuesday. On talk with Rams Mabote. Opportunity Tuesday. Talk. South African Stock Exchange has not received ESCOM's interim results on time, and if they are not submitted by January 31, trading of the power utilities debt may be suspended. Energy Analyst and Managing Director of EE Publishers, Chris Yellen. ESCOM is required to submit its books for the interim and for the financial year end within three months of the mid-year or the end-of-year date. A press release was received from ESCOM stating that, in fact, their financials would not be presented by the end of December because they were busy reviewing the nurses decision to only give it 5% increase as opposed to the 19% that they had asked for. So the financials have been delayed, but now ESCOM have indicated that they will indeed submit the interim financials by the end of January this year, which is what they need to do. Otherwise, yeah, it's a, requ- a regulatory requirement. It's, it's, not, a, it's requirement. not a choice. Talk on Metro FM. Talk on Metro. Tigerberg 93.0 FM. It's where you're at. Metro FM. Beat the boss. On talk with the Rams Mabote. Beat the boss. Beat the boss. Beat the boss. Zero eight nine double one zero double three double seven. I'm preparing to keep quiet. I have had a better share of him. 
He is all yours after he's answered my last question. Then we take your calls. And you can also tweet at Rams by the Horns and Facebook. It's Metro FM Talk with Rams. How does anybody sober decide to go and join an organization with so much headaches? You, um, you, you either single, crazy, <laughs> uh, suicidal. Uh, I think I'm, I'm crazy enough to believe we can, tra- we can change it, Rams. Um, I think that's one thing. Another thing is that I've never had things easy in my life. And therefore, I like being part of transforming things. And yeah. I think it's an opportunity to awaken the giant of that's called NSFAS and, and be a part of the solution in this country. And I think that's why I really am here. Uh, I'd like to give it my best shot, work with the best team and get the country behind this brand and let them believe that we really are providing that which is called the bursary under the free education auspices. Somebody once said to me, it is completely unadvisable, inadvisable for short human beings in stature to lift heavy weights. And you've just done that by taking NSS. Let's see how far you go. I, I tend to think from the guy I know you're going to do very well. But damn, I pray for you every night. <laughs> so let's take a call. 089 The first caller is from uh, Soweto Moraro. Good evening and thank you very much for the call. The reason for my call is that I would love to applaud and give praise and praise to Mr. Zwani because, you know, last week, yeah. while we were hiking at Trebrisville, me and my, my friend Amanda and Raberani, uh, yeah. we were talking about how Nefsas has helped us. With me, when I studied at Vista, it was Tefsa. So, but I had this this concept, and I had a problem. I'm like, all the people that NEFSA has paid for their fees. Mm. Now, as we're speaking, they're professionals, they're directors, they're owning the business, and there is a lot of them that are owing. Yes. What is it that we can do as South Africans to form a campaign? And it's easy. We can get them with their ID numbers. We can get them from far, and everyone that is owing, which the uh, the CEO can just have. His other campaign can have the people that can work and then they can garnish from their payslips or from anywhere because it is so unfair that we're getting people that are living large, that are happy, they have no problem, and they didn't pay back the money to TESA. And a lot that uh, NEFSAS couldn't get them is because of when there was changes of universities because most of the time the VISTA students, the VET, the RAU, before the university were, were changed and amalgamated and then and then changed to Johannesburg, uh, Johannesburg uh, University and all that you name them, there was a database that has been lost. And some, the others that they are not be, they are not able to find them before uh, before the um, uh, 1994 because their ID numbers for people that were from Uputasana, Siskai and Venda, their ID numbers while they were given transfers, they changed after. So that is why mm. they're not able to get them. So if if Mr. Stevens can get that database on the old visa, everybody, I believe, they need to pay. Because I, I even told my friends when we were hiking the Eclipse. you are dominating the airwaves. There are many people on the call. Can, you, can I ask you to get to the conclusion of your contribution? Okay. Yeah. My, my contribution is everyone who has paid for them, they need to come back. They need to come and pay back the money. 
before before you leave though, Mulalo, I have to ask you, uh-huh. why do you think uh-huh. they're not paying? I mean, let's forget about the fact that IDs changed. Know, let's forget I about the fact that databases that. were lost. Why would an individual who received this aid, who's doing very well, not pay back? When 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 they are saying when they're talking, they're posting. They're just saying that because of the the, the ID numbers have been changed, NEFTAs cannot get them. Why are they laughing at the people that have been paid? And it, it, it hurts my heart to find that such people are not paying. But it's easy for Mr. Stevie. They need to go and get the database, get a campaign, then they need to get back the money. Have you, have you, met, have you met Mr. Stephen before? I haven't met him. And you run on Clip Refier? Mm, uh, no, no, no. I mean, I hike. Oh, you okay. There's yeah. a there's a gym next yeah. to Tlepreffier that he goes to, but I'll, I'll you'll find him one day. Don't thank you very much for the call, Emmanuel in Centurion. Good evening, and thank you for your patience. Please ask your question. Uh, I'm fine, my brother. How are you? You know, Reza, let me just tell you a history about this particular Stephen Mabunda Zwani. And keep I it brief if you can. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, I'm so proud of you, my brother. You go to the street. I was your friend. We grew up together. <laughs> You're a hustler. You motivated me as well. We grew up together until my trick. Look, I think I can write a history or a book about you, Stephen. What you're doing, my brother, you deserve it. You've earned it. Wow, man. You know, some of us, who, I mean, you go to the street, I can go to the and I can go to the Pace. And uh, you know, oh, can you go? Oh, can you go? Pace, yeah. Okay, okay. No, 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 no. But I think the bottom line is that when you look at Steve, the way he grew up and the way we grew up together as friends, and then you look at the, all the commitments that he took and all the decisions that he had to make. I mean, I remember one day I was asking him, Steve, why are you leaving working for the band, my brother? Why do you have to go and leave? I mean, Waparata, I admire you. Why are you doing that? He says, you know what, Emmanuel? I've got a passion. And I know that the decision that I'm making, it will never fail me. So, mm-hmm. my brother, to be honest with you, I'm so proud of you. Keep it up, doing the good work. You know, keep it up, advising all the kids, because the kids will look up to you. And as a CEO, as a person that you are, when you are going to definitely help other people, it's because of you know. Mm-hmm. You've been there done that, gone through that road. And I don't think that God will give you this opportunity if it was not worth it. Now I'm proud of you, Stephen, but as a friend, as someone that I look up to, and I wish you all the best, because God will never give you something that you can't achieve. Where you are now, it's where you're supposed to be, and I wish you all the best. Rebsa, I'm so proud to I'm so proud. I mean, the whole thing that they know on the main road, because Okay, but Emmanuel, I gotta move. I gotta move. Thank you very much for the call. I'd like you to respond to him before we go to other issues. Because when somebody gives you this kind of beautiful words, you want to respond to them. Yeah, I, I definitely do, Rams. Um, I'm just humbled by the words. And I'm honored uh, that the people that we grew up with support the cause. And also they support me. Rams, since I've taken up this opportunity, I'm amazed at the amount of support that I'm getting and the amount of well-wishers that I have. And it just reminds me that I can't fail. And there's a lot more people that want me to to, to succeed. From uh, a place you may or may not know, Dobsonville, Mangaliso, good evening. Good evening, Rams. How are you? I'm well, mate. Thank you. How are you? I'm all right. Putum man. Uh, Babu Zwan. You have a fit. 
Umangaliso kaphele zokhuluma. Shenge. Manga kujafethe. Right intaka baba man. Hey. We are very grateful. We are very proud of you ngani kwethu. Yabona kwethu. Umsebenzi that you've done especially through EYLED. I commend you for it. Uh-huh. I have no doubt that you will make us proud as a CEO in Alapenafsai. Yabona kwethu. Very much. Thank you. Thank you so much for interviewing this young man, a leader in our generation. Well, thank you guys from Dobsonville for creating this man and one day bringing him here. So, Manga, thank you, mate, and thank you for the call. Linda in Johannesburg, good evening. Hi, good evening, Rex. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you for asking. How are you? I'm good. Uh, I don't have much to say, but I want to applaud the gentleman on studio, um, Mr. Manda. Um, his story actually touched me so much because I think I'm actually a product of NSFAS. And you paid back. And, uh, yeah, so um, I just want to say that uh, I hope all the youngsters, especially those matriculated in 2017, are actually listening because um, education doesn't have to do with where you come from. Mm. So it's more about where you want to go. So his story that he shared this evening is actually quite similar to where I'm coming from. And uh, now I'm holding an MBA you know, wow. uh, with an assistant from uh, NSFAS as well, you know, from my junior degree going forward. So, yeah, Mr. Mandra, thank you so much. You are doing wonders. I've got one more question for you, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know whether the, select- the selection criteria has changed from back then to now in terms of accepting your, how you guys clean your application because um got a lot of people that are actually not winning. I don't know whether it has changed or what. In what sense, though? What, what do you mean? Uh, and who uh, are these I mean, people who are not winning? Yeah, because of, I mean, they, they, they apply, they never get a response. Mm. And, uh, you know, we're talking about youngsters who are really determined to, to, to reach the ceiling. Okay. So they are not actually winning in terms of, I mean, I've, I know someone in particular that has been applying for the past three years. Mm. And um, this person is not getting re- any response from NSFAS whatsoever. Okay, Linda. So, uh, it's a yeah. brilliant question. We're going to get him to respond. I'm going to take one more call and then we'll respond to the rest. Then we'll take the next round of calls. Ayanda is calling from Orange Farm. Good evening, Ayanda. What's your question? Mr. Ems, how are you doing? I'm still good, mate. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> please ask your question. Uh, okay. Thank you. Thank you for an opportunity. Mm. Uh, it's not a question, I say, but... Uh, what an inspiring story indeed uh, from the men of Domemon today. Hey? Uh, I am motivated, Kakulu. I now believe background you're from does not determine your destination. Hey? Mm-hmm. Yes, because uh, I think in future I'll, I'll have the same story because uh, when I finished matric, uh, my, my results were not that good, but I managed to get an opportunity at Standard Bank. I worked there, but uh, I'm now at BMW. Uh, I took that opportunity at BMW because of an academic part mm. itself, understand? Yes. Yeah. And uh, I'm really 
motivated, uh, positive. You thanks, man. Thanks. I'm listening to you. The only pity I understand is that when you get to his stage, I won't be doing radio. I'd love to interview <laughs> you. I should be very old by the time you get there. But thank you very much. It's a wonderful story, yours. And keep it up, mate. Look, I mean, I can imagine many people who are going to call and be very happy with your story. But we also have to deal with other things. Mulalu, like you, is not happy that people are not paying back. Yeah. Uh, what's happening? I, are, are the issues she raises accurate? The database issues, the IDs and stuff like that. And what are we doing about it? Um, I mean, thanks to everybody that called and shared kind, kind words and also asked some questions. Mulalo's question, I think I, I like people like Mulalo who, who believe that those who, to whom has been given uh, must already give to others. And I think giving to an fast is an opportunity to give to somebody else to attain the same opportunity that you have. Um, the the challenge is not the ability to recuperate the money, but it's to deal with the attitude that the people who've received the money think that they don't have to pay it back. I think it's that mindset that we have a problem with. Um, we can pass on many messages and say, please pay. We'll send you to the credit bureau, whatever the case might Ganesh, be. Ganesh, as Ganesh, and I mean, I, I paid my money within two years because I was so appreciative of the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Not everybody will be. But where I, I agree with Mulalo is let's put out a campaign and let people like Mulalo to get behind it um, and support it. And I think for me, with the campaign that we are busy working with, it's called the Pioneers Campaign. Yeah. We are sounding out the voices of all the people whose lives have been transformed by NSFOS. We will use that campaign to tell the story of belief of drive, of inspiration. And we believe that that story will help other people to want to give to the same cause. Um, the going the hard way and say we're going to collect the money, I don't think it will work. We'll continue to do it. But I think South Africans must understand why NSFAS need to exist for another 25 years, another 30 years. And with that campaign, we'll get there. Um, but the responses... Yeah, the Linda is not happy. The, you know, you're, not, you're not responding. Um, I think for me, the point is as follows. I mean, there are many thousands of people that are applying at NSFAS. And the criteria has always been very clear. If you're coming from a household income, which is a gross income of 122,000, um, you are most likely to be funded. And also if you're coming from uh, ending SASA or a member or your guardian is ending SASA, that's how you got funded. Yeah. A lot more people were applying more than the funds we had. But, that- but the point here is going back to Linda or Linda's cousin or, or, or daughter or whatever, relative, whoever they are, and saying, unfortunately, we cannot fund you. So I think, Rems, it's, it's what you defined as the problematic side of the organization. We didn't automate our processes. Mm-hmm. We didn't put the right systems. I don't think we invested in the organization. We invested in distributing the funds, not so much in our ability to have the intelligence to alert people on time. Like right now, we're busy with that process, alerting people of the results. Um, I want them to expect to experience a different NSFAS going forward. Please judge us on what we do from this year onwards. We acknowledge that we may not have closed the loop, but we promise to close the loop going forward. I'm going to ask you this question. Don't respond now. Uh, I don't even know whether we'll get a chance to, to respond to it because I already have about 15 people who want to talk to you. But the announcement by the president at the end of last year that we're going to have free education, is that not the beginning of nullification of NSFAS. Think about it. If we get a chance, we talk about it. I'd like to know because I thought uh, Amanda has no job. We're going to get free education anyway. Amanda, in Devon, good evening and thank you very much for calling. Please ask your question or say your say. 
guys. How are you? Fine. Good. How are you? I'm okay. Um, sorry, I'm on the road. I just want to say to Mr. Zwani, um, your story is very inspiring. And um, I just have another question as a recipient of NSF. You guys often give NSF, well, we've seen it happen. It's been given to students who are well off, who spend this money in not so many good ways. And some of us who were not well off at the time watch this happen. So what are you guys going to do moving forward to ensure that really the people that deserve the funding get it? Great, great question, Amanda. And thank you very much for listening. Stay safe on the road. Sunny. Mpangeni, good evening to you. We are fine, Sunny. You can ask your question or give your your, your views. <laughs> <laughs> good evening, Lan. Don't matter you are fine, but I still have to say good evening. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And good evening to uh, the guests in the studio. Good evening, sir. Um, CEO uh, NSS. So I listen to your story. Uh, Touch me so much, and uh, I want to recommend. I mean, recommended you for the good work you are doing. May you continue to um, doing the good work you have started. Um, the story of you is a story that I can be able to classify as uh, um, someone who starts from where to somewhere. Mm. You know, mm. uh, most of us as an African here uh, may not have an opportunity to uh, follow the same uh, the same step like you, but you are someone that's being blessed by God because it's not easy to achieve what you have achieved mm. given this, uh, the background. Um, without taking much of your time, um, just want to say thank you for the good work you're doing. May you continue to be able to help in our, blo- our brothers who are who are able to be able to have uh, opportunity to go to school that you provided for them. May you continue the good work. Thank, thank you, Sunny, and I hope you also helps our sisters too. But thank you for the call and thank you for listening. Jafta uh, in Vetpurki, good evening. How are you, Ren? We're, we're fine, well, Jafta. We, we, we're good. We're we can fine. get to the issues now. We, we're fine. We promise you. I'm good. Let me just uh, summarize it. It's now Nefas. It used to be Tefsa. Mm. I am from the rural areas. I never thought I would get the education that I was longing for. Mm. Uh, I, uh, I got my metric in triple S. We used to call it triple S in Stakes Bridge. Uh, Stakes Bridge is in Eastern Cape. In 1993, I got my metric. I had nowhere to go. I came to Jobek. In 94, I was called by my parents to say, there's this thing that says can take you to university. I then dropped from the, the temporal job that I was working here. I went to Bloemfontein and uh, Vista University. Hmm. I got my degree there. Excellent. Teaching degree teaching degree out of this indoor scheme. Oh. Mm. I then I then came back to Jobek to work as a teacher. I worked in Jobek as a teacher. I then pushed myself. I am now an assistant director for the Department of Education. Wow, Chafter. Wow. What an inspiring story. I cannot I, I don't agree with the lady who says people are not paying back. But I they're not I never went back to Tefsa to say I'm now working. Tefsa, get into my <laughs> salary. They started to dock my salary. Yeah. I never cried for that. I then let the debit order to went through. I paid the money. Mm. <laughs> 
Okay. I uh, now enjoy it. After I have I to rush you. Come again? I have to rush you. We, we, we need to take a few more calls. Is there anything else you'd like to say? I am saying HEFSA has helped us. Wonderful. I am one of I am one of the beneficiaries. Great. Thank you very whoever much. Thought, who, whoever thought a boy from Eastern Cape rural areas can own a house in the suburb of Redbush? Yeah, thank you very much for the call, <laughs> Jephthah. Uh, Vatandwa in Midrand, good evening. Good evening, gentlemen. Uh, quick question. Mm-hmm. Um, my question is, uh, since we are in the fourth industrial revolution, um, I want to find out from Mr. Zwane, is, uh, are his doors open for some innovative ideas that can add more value on uh, with regards to NEFSAS, which would assist students before they get to metric where they start seeking the funds? The answer is yes, we are open. And, and, and we're going to give you details. So stay listening. Be on the road. Make sure you keep on getting the signal. We'll give you details of how to get hold of them. Batando. Okay, no, thank you very much. Thank you very much for calling. So yeah, let's go to the issues that have been raised. Uh, in particular, I, 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 I was... I'm very interested in the issue that has been raised by Amanda because she says you're still giving to undeserving people. And maybe it could be in reference to somebody who one day wakes up and they have 14 million rands in their bank account. <laughs> um, so, Rams, we, when, when we make funding decisions, the, there are a couple of um, processes that we go through. One of them is we validate the IDs, we validate the income, uh, we check the credit bureau of the person that has been listed, and then based on that, we make funding decisions. Mm. And now with the pronouncement, we've got the opportunity to go and check salary, salary levels at SARS, and I yeah. think that's going to be helpful. Um, and if somebody goes and forge the guardian details against which you make funding decisions, we don't normally have control over that. Yeah. So we call that fraud. And, and there's many people who've defrauded the process using a grandmother's ID, and all those sort of things. So there's a lot of things like those. We are tightening up the screws. We are automating our process, like the SARS uh, salary level request that we're going to have going forward and ability to check the payments there. That's going to be very helpful. The innovation that came from Home Affairs, where you're able to find the details of the biological parents, that's also very helpful. Yeah. Because we, now we can cross-reference both details. So we are tightening up the screws going forward. But if you see something like that, please report that via fraud line. I mean, it's really unacceptable. Okay, uh, quickly, there's a question here on Twitter from uh, Lucky Ratsoma. It says, I would like to know if the registration is still open and what is the criteria for qualifying for the loan? You spoke about that. What metric results should one have? And he adds, what if there isn't anyone in the household earning anything? Do I still qualify? So all those questions will be the the last questions from the listeners. The last question. um, So the part is, yes, you do qualify. If at all, no one is earning any income at home and you've got the results that get you accepted for a qualification in a higher learning institution. Yeah. So funding will always follow your ability to be accepted at the institutions. Um, It's as simple as that. That's it. Great stuff. We have one minute to answer my question. That, That magical question. Yes. So for, for us, Rams, as NSFAS, and me personally, I was really excited about the pronouncement by the president 
to say what has already been free education all these years has now been proclaimed as free education. If you're sitting with a debt of 29 billion like we're sitting as NSFAS, it meant that a lot of people who were privileged enough to get 60% better and 40% low never paid those loans back. And therefore they had the free ride of free education all along. Um, it never signaled the end of it because as much as it is called a grant, it's really a bursary. Yeah. Somebody has to administer that bursary in a much more efficient way. Mm-hmm. And people still need to be validated whether they qualify or don't qualify. And you're the best place vehicle to continue and, doing that And we have those work. systems in place. And we can pay the, the transaction back to the institutions in line with the relevant rules mm. and protect the funds of the state. And I think we, we, we believe that at NSFAS, everybody was excited that the jobs are kept that we have a role to transform this uh, the state institution and I'm very excited about that. Before we get going back to Linda or Linda's cousin or, or, or daughter or whatever relative, whoever they are and saying unfortunately we cannot fund you. So I think Rams, it's it's what you defined as the problematic side of the organization. We didn't automate our processes. Mm-hmm. We didn't put the right systems. I don't think we invested in the organization. We invested in distributing the funds, not so much in our ability to have the intelligence to alert people on time. Like right now, we're busy with that process, alerting people of the results. Um, I want them to expect to experience a different NSFAS going forward. Please judge us on what we do from this year onwards. We acknowledge that we may not have closed the loop, but we promise to close the loop going forward. I'm going to ask you this question. Don't respond now. Uh, I don't even know whether we'll get a chance to, to respond to it because... I already have about 15 people who want to talk to you. But the announcement by the president at the end of last year that we're going to have free education, is that not the beginning of nullification of NSFAS? Think about it. If we get a chance we talk about it, I'd like to know because I thought uh, Amanda has no job. We're going to get free education anyway. Amanda, in Devon, good evening and thank you very much for calling. Please ask your question or say your say. Hi guys, how are you? Fine, how are you? I'm okay. Um, sorry, I'm on the road. I just want to say to Mr. Zwani, um, your story is very inspiring. And um, I just have another question as a recipient of NSFAS. You guys often give NSFAS, well, we've seen it happen. It, it's been given to students who are well off, who spend this money in not so many good ways. And some of us who were not well off at the time watch this happen. So what are you guys going to do moving forward to ensure that really the people that deserve the funding get it? Great great question, Amanda. And thank you very much for listening. Stay safe on the road. Sunny Mpangeni, good evening to you. We are fine, Sunny. You can ask your question <laughs> or give you, your, your views. <laughs> <laughs> good evening, Lan. Don't matter you are fine, but I still have to say good evening. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And good evening to uh, the guests in the studio. Good evening, sir. Um, CEO uh, NSFAS. So I listened to your story, uh, touched me so much. And uh, I want to recommend, I mean, recommend you for the good work you are doing. May you continue to um, doing the good work you have started. Um, the story of you is a story that I can be able to qualify as uh, um, someone who starts from where to somewhere. Mm, you know, mm. uh, most of us as an African here uh, may not have an opportunity to uh, follow the same uh, the same step like you, but you are someone that's being blessed by God because it's not easy to achieve what you have achieved mm. given this, uh, the background. 
Um, without taking much of your time, um, just want to say thank you for the good work you do, and may you continue to be able to help in our our brothers who are who are able to be able to have uh, opportunity to go to school that you provided for them. May you continue the good work. Thank, thank you, you Sunny, and I hope you also helps our sisters too. But thank you for the call and thank you for listening, Jafta uh, in Vetpurki. Good evening. How are you, Ren? We're we fine, Jafta. We, we, we're good. We, we can fine. get to the issues now. We, we're fine. Uh, we promise you. I'm good. Let me just uh, summarize it. It's now Nefsas. It used to be Tefsas. Mm. I am from the rural areas. I never thought I would get the education that I was longing for. Mm. Uh, I, uh, I got my metric in triple S. We used to call it triple S in Stakes Bridge. Uh, Stakes Bridge is in Eastern Cape. In 1993, I got my metric. I had nowhere to go. I came to Jobbeck. In 94, I was called by my parents to say, there's this thing that says can take you to university. I then dropped from the temporal job that I was working here. I went to Bloemfontein and uh, Vista University. Hmm. I got my degree there. Excellent. Teaching degree. Teaching degree out of this indoor scheme. Oh. Hmm. I then I then came back to Jobbeck to work as a teacher. I worked in Jobbeck as a teacher. I then pushed myself. I am now an assistant director for the Department of Education. Wow, Chafta. What an inspiring story. I cannot, I, I don't agree with the lady who says people are not paying back. But they're not. I never went back to Tefsa to say I'm now working. Tefsa, get into my <laughs> salary. <laughs> they started to dock my salary. Yeah. I never cried for that. I then let the debit order to went through. I paid the money. Mm. <laughs> okay. I uh, now enjoy it. Jafta, I have to I rush you. It. Come again? I have to rush you. We, we, we need to take a few more calls. Is there anything else you'd like to say? I am saying Tefsa has helped us. Wonderful. I am, one of, I am one of the beneficiaries. Great. Thank you very Whoever much. Thought, Whoever thought a boy from Eastern Cape rural areas can own a house in the suburb of Redbridge? Yeah, thank you very much for the call, Jeffta Batandwa uh, in Midrand. Good evening. Good evening, gentlemen. Uh, quick question. Mm-hmm. Um, my question is: uh, since we are in the fourth industrial revolution, um, I want to find out from Mr. Zwane is. Uh, are his doors open for some innovative ideas that can add more value on uh, with regards to NEFSAS, which would assist students before they get to metric where they start seeking the funds? The answer is yes, we are open. And, and, and we're going to give you details. So stay listening. Be on the road. Make sure you keep on getting the signal. We'll give you details of how to get hold of them. Batando. Thank you very much for calling. So, yeah, let's go to the issues that have been raised. Uh, in particular, I, 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 I was, I'm very interested in the issue that has been 
praised by Amanda because she says you're still giving to undeserving people. And maybe it could be in reference to somebody who one day wakes up and they have 14 million rands in their bank account. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Rams, we, when, when we make funding decisions, the, there are a couple of um, processes that we go through. One of them is we validate the IDs, we validate the income, uh, we check the credit bureau of the person that has been listed, and then based on that, we make funding decisions. Hmm. And now with the pronouncement, we've got the opportunity to go and check salary, salary levels at SARS, and I yeah. think that's going to be helpful. Um, and if somebody goes and forge the guardian details against which you make funding decisions, we don't normally have control over that. Yeah. So we call that fraud. And, and there's many people who've defrauded the process using a grandmother's ID and all those sort of things. So there's a lot of things like those. We are tightening up the screws. We are automating our process, like the SARS uh, salary level request that we're going to have going forward and ability to check the payments there. That's going to be very helpful. The innovation that came from Home Affairs, where you're able to find the details of the biological parents, that's also very helpful yeah. because we, now we can cross-reference both details. So we are tightening up the screws going forward. But if you see something like that, please report that via fraud line. I mean, it's really unacceptable. Okay, uh, quickly, there's a question here on Twitter from uh, Lucky Ratsoma. It says, I would like to know if the registration is still open and what is the criteria for qualifying for the loan? You spoke about that. What metric results should one have? And he adds, what if there isn't anyone in the household earning anything? Do I still qualify? So all those questions will be the last, the last questions from the listeners. The last question. Um, so the part is, yes, you do qualify. If at all, no one is earning any income at home and you've got the results that get you accepted for a qualification in a higher learning institution. Yeah. So funding will always follow your ability to be accepted at the institutions. Um, so it's as yes, simple as that. That's really. it. Great that's stuff. We have one minute to answer my question. Yes. That, that magical question. Yes. So for, for us, Rams, as NSFAS, and me personally, I was really excited about the pronouncement by the president to say what has already been free education all these years has now been proclaimed as free education. If you're sitting with a debt of $29 billion like we're sitting as NSFAS, it meant that a lot of people who were privileged enough to get 60% better and 40% low never paid those loans back, and therefore they had the free ride of free education all along. Um, it never signaled the end of it because as much as it is called a grant, it's really a bursary. Yeah. Somebody has to administer that bursary in a much more efficient way. Mm-hmm. And people still need to be validated whether they qualify or don't qualify. And you're the best place vehicle to continue and, doing that And we have those work. systems in place. And we can pay the, the transaction back to the institutions in line with the relevant rules mm. and protect the funds of the state. And I think we, we, we believe that at NSFAS, everybody was excited that the jobs are kept that we have a role to transform this uh, the state institution and I'm very excited about that. Before we get there bef- and we will get to that stage, I'm, I'm hoping that that stage of free education yeah. is going to happen soon. Before we get there, how are you going to deal with this 29 billion rand debt? So Rams, um, I'm, I'm excited that I'm here and talking to a, a PR guru in yourself because we believe that people like you can help us tell the story of NSFAS mm. and when we tell the story of NSFAS we will be able to get people to want to pay back. But more importantly, we will all go behind for those people who haven't paid. We are going for them. We want that money to be paid. It's not going to be written off. You need to give somebody an opportunity to go to school. But what we're also going to do, Rams, is give people an opportunity to donate to NSFAS. There are many people who would like to contribute to this process and would like them to 
donate to our process and we're mm. coming up with the campaign in that regard. It's exactly nine o'clock. It means my time is up. It means this conversation has to come to an end. What a sad, sad moment <laughs> for me. Stephen Manzazwani, CEO of NSFAS, was our guest on Meet the Boss. Mate, I, I have known you for so long. I, I have had the privilege of knowing you and I've known some of the great achievements and I'm still wowed. I cannot imagine what the listeners are going through having listened to your story. We love your story and I hope that your story is the first to be told in those stories that get to be told about NSFAS. You gotta tell your story. You gotta repeat that okay. story because somebody out there will know that they have to pay back. Absolutely. We love what you do. Thank you very much for your job. Thank you very much for your time and I wish you all the best. Hopefully I meet you one day when you beg as a nurse. <laughs> Thank you, Rebs. Thank you to the listeners and thank you to Metro FM. Great stuff. Well, that concludes the show. Thank you very much to all our guests. All the details, and by the way, your details we're going to put on our Facebook page. So all the details of everybody we spoke to, including the boss, will be on the Facebook page Metro FM Talk with Rams. Thank you very much to all of you for listening. We're back, same time, same place next Monday from me, Rams Mabote. Good night and God bless. Durban, we got you covered. 93.0 FM and Durban North, North. 107.9 FM Metro FM It's where you're at